gracefully chosen community and welcome to Foster My Story, the achievement focused podcast for foster adoption orphan inclusive of underserved communities. I'm your host Shalina Michelle Tate and on today's cast episode I'm super excited for you to get to know my featured October guest Amber Jewell. Hello Amber how are you doing today? Hey I'm great thanks for having me. You're welcome you're welcome I'm super excited for Amber to be here on Foster My Stories listeners because she is my second guest that has a past dealing with foster care. Well, I'm always excited to get to relate with people who've been there too. You know, it's something we need to be aware of, of our commonalities. So, you know, what's really interesting for me is for many, many years, I kind of hid the stereotype of a foster kid or the fact that I was foster care. And so that's all I always like to present when I'm talking about having been a kid who was in foster care is not being afraid anymore of carrying that title. And now instead, carrying it with strength as a part of who I am, but not defining. I actually grew up in and out of foster care multiple times until the age of 12. And when I was 12 years old, it was the summer of my sixth grade year, I had a friend move in next door. For me, a friend is this new epiphany of, oh, there are those. Being the odd kid and the one in trouble before that, I never felt like I had a friend. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate to that. And so my sixth grade year, when this person came in next door and my parents realized I seemed to be enjoying it, they would tell me that I had to get back in my room and I would be locked in a room and isolated. And they said I was having too much fun. That was a pivotal point for me because all of a sudden I was really feeling somebody saying that I was valuable and then my parents were trying to get in between it. So that was that point where I made the commitment to my friend to step out of the comfort for them. And so that night I ran away and I went over to their house thinking I was going to live there forever and ever. And then they took me to the police station. I always talk about how in our trying times, you know, maybe we don't have realistic ideas or really know what's going to happen. So it can be really tough. And I talk about that in my book, that it's tough, but sometimes tough is what opens our doors to greater opportunities. And that was that moment for me. Thank you so much for being transparent, Amber, about that. You're so right about how those of us who grew up in foster care, we oftentimes have felt as if we are just isolated and feel like no one understands. kind of hard to really make friends. The biggest thing is to find that love and acceptance. What happened for you after that? Did you stay there in that home or did you have to be removed? Yeah, I was removed, actually. I went into foster care at that point for the final time of my life. And I actually never went back to my dad after that. went to a group home first. And then I was moved to a lower level placement home of a foster home. What was interesting in that foster home is the foster home had a lot of mental illness themselves. They themselves were grieving a lost child. And so it was interesting the challenges we experienced in child welfare as much as outside of it. Thank you for touching on that. You said a key thing as far as the family. They themselves already had their own issues and just different things. So it couldn't really be whatever the expectations was, maybe a family or parent to you the way you probably hoped so I'm not sure if that's your circumstance as well when you've moved from different homes it's always a okay is this going to be the home or is this going to be the family the book that Amber's referring to is called Finding Hope the 12 Keys to Healing Hardship Hurt and Sorrow definitely talk about that a little bit later when was the turning point for you to decide to go into social work and 
through K-12 and then eventually foster adopt. As we go through foster care and trying times, we start edging a little bit of who we are. And so I learned at a younger age, definitely, that I was a people person. I was a social person. I liked being around others and encouraging them and helping them. So I learned that through middle school and high school where I went through a lot of foster homes. And then when I was in high school at 15, I actually joined a family. I never did guardianship or adoption, but I joined a family in my hometown. So I faced a lot of my history there in my biological family. And then I went to college and honestly, I was going to be anything but a social worker. You know, I hated social workers or people in child welfare. When I first went to college, I actually had a head injury and I started having seizures and they found out that I had epilepsy from when I was a very young child of child abuse. And it was at that age that I came to the realization that we are part of our childhood. It doesn't define us, but we can learn some amazing things about it. We can't always run from it. We can make changes from it. And that's very powerful. And when I had to have brain surgery, I learned that social work was something I hated so much, maybe how people were choosing to do it, that I could be the changer in it. They're doing it for the most part, with the right part and intention. And there has to be different people at different levels to help create change. And so I couldn't be more proud to be a social worker. I'll tell you a quick story. My social worker, when I was growing up in foster care, had since passed away. But after my surgery, head surgery, and after I became a social worker myself, he and I got to meet. He said to me how proud he was. Oh. to see his work show itself wow. in generational changes. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that because like you just said, you now have the perspective of a social worker. You be the change you want to see. I commend you for that. What's the gentleman's name, the social worker that impacted you? His name was Dan. Definitely sounds like Dan. Was it there by accident? Plant some encouragement, some love. You are a licensed master level social worker. Tell listeners about what it means to be that. So as a master's level social worker, I just love the opportunity that I have to educate and share hope with people that have came through trying times to be able to say that doesn't define you. We get to redefine who we are and people of influence. I love training actually professionals in the field. My husband's in law enforcement and just help them find some hope as foster parents, as law enforcement, as social workers, as faith-based organizations to say, you don't have to fix the problems of a broken world, but we can plant many, many seeds that create change and help revive what we do and why we do it. Yes, thank you for sharing that. And that's so true. Um, Coming together mostly as a community is what's needed. And you're right, being able to communicate that with different leaders is very vital. Yes, I commend those strides that you are making. Served on a lot of boards, places of influence, your passion is child welfare and people from hard places. Can you tell listeners about being the board president of the National Successful Survivors? So the Successful Survivors Foundation is a national organization which Ron Descortino had originated. And we really work on helping people from hard places or experiences and challenges find success and become successful survivors of what they've been through. Not just survivors, but Mm. successful survivors. So meeting the potential that they were created for. And a lot of us in these professions that you and I have been talking about, you know, what you 
called Wounded Warriors. We yes. came from hard places, and really, I feel like everybody's had challenges. Yes. And so we all are equipped to use those experiences, being liaisons for support, so we can yes. use our strength to create macro-level change or national change. Yes, it's about definitely coming together, seeing where we can partner and support each other with the strengths and expertise that we do have, and then hopefully being at change within our community and amongst others. I mentioned it a little earlier, but I'm going to say it now. Congratulations. Could you tell listeners about Finding Hope, 12 Keys to Healing Hardship, Hurt, and Sorrow? Thank you so much. I am super excited about it. So short story, the way it even came out was I actually went to Successful Survivors, a writing retreat that we do fairly regularly, and it's trying to write our messages in a shorter amount of time and just get it out. And it's all about the 12 things in our lives that I've learned through being a foster kid, being a foster parent, adoptive parent, being a social worker, and just being a person in a hard world that can really help us persevere and find hope in the hardships that are inevitable. But we still get to show our awesomeness and be who we were created to be. One of the things that's in there that I specifically talk about is before the COVID epidemic happened, the World Health Organization said about 70% of people in America reported anxiety. And that was even before COVID. And so I can't imagine the numbers now. And this book is for those people too, because it's just tough, but so are we. We are tough. I know that book will help a lot of people. Where can listeners find your book? It will be available on Amazon through the publisher, but the best way to get it is through my website, which is Amber Jewel with two L's, so J-E-W-E-L-L dot org, and you can do the backslash shop even if it takes you directly there, and that's how I can actually sign an order for each of them and just write something personal to each reader of openness we each have. Yes. Is there any words of advice that you may have for anyone considering going into social work or who may have come from a traumatic past or may need some encouragement? Any words of wisdom that you would like to share with them? Absolutely. I think for anybody, something that I say a lot is life is tough, but so are you. That's a great reminder that we can be tough as well. Is there any other projects in the work? that you want to share or anything coming up also along with your book that you're excited about? Oh man, I'm so excited about so much. I (laughs) I just love being able to bring hope to people. And so every 11 books, so every 10 that's ordered, I donate another one to a foster care agency. And I hope, and I also love just training and speaking to whatever organization, touching as many lives as I can to drive them and bring hope and share joys and stories that's what I'm all about yes I just really thank you for just taking time out of your schedule listeners I hope that you support Miss Amber Jewell website is amberjewell.org j-e-w-e-l-l Amber Jewell with two l's dot org and once again like she said every 10 books that's purchased she can donate the 11th book to a foster care organization Amber have you had any contact recently or within the past recently with that group home that you went to or was that all just in the past? Yeah, so I haven't with that group home but one of my foster homes I talk to fairly regularly and they're doing great. The other foster home I haven't and I get the question about my biological family a lot. I live in the same community with them and actually this is one of the last sections 
Confessions in my book is I talk about forgiveness yes. and how there's a great freedom in forgiving somebody and how it's really for me to be successful where I am. Yes, Amber is ministering without ministering. <laughs> that is so true, Amber. How, and listeners, you don't have to have come from foster care to have the example of what Amber is speaking about. Forgiveness definitely is for us as the individual in any form, whether parent, a parent figure, past, or trauma that has happened. I know you spoke on it one briefly. Funny that you mentioned that. If I may, this is a secular book for sure. It's not a faith-based book. Okay. But I do go into a lot of Christian churches and faith-based organizations, and I really have a heart for speaking to those who are in faith yes. with this because of just the expectations we can put ourselves in a faith-based yes. world and just realizing that we all have it tough, but we have strength through faith. Yes, thank you for expounding on that. You're right. Forgiveness is not just for, oh, you have to be faith-based. It's for all of us. Listeners, please support the book. Please support Amber. Find her book, Amber Jewel. That's J-E-W-E-L-L dot org. Go support her efforts and contribute that 11th book to a foster care agency. I'm looking forward to the more of what you are going to be able to do in the lives of others and listeners if your background current job your expertise relates to in any way like Amber's in your profession via foster care adoption orphan or becoming influential in the underserved communities I would love to also hear from you and hear your testimony like Amber's you can reach out via the foster my story podcast facebook page and remember as always being fostered adopted orphaned or underserved simply means you're gracefully chosen listeners you take care amber thank you so much for being my guest today <laughs>